Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome, welcome out there in Blog Talk Radio, and we want to welcome you to Off the Shelf as we're coming down the home stretch of 2018 and our 13th year here on the air. So wanna, I always like to stop and acknowledge our loyal listeners who have been here with us on Off the Shelf Radio for 13 years where we started off at Rainbow Soul. We're still over there and then also now on the Blog Talk Radio platform. So, again, good Saturday morning to you. And here's a thought I want to – I just want to drop into your spirit, something to think about today and maybe throughout the week. And this quote is from Charles Buxton. You will never find time for anything. If you want time, you must make it. You will never find time for anything if you want time. You must make it. And, again, that's from Charles Buxton. And I want to tell you that, yes, you are listening to the Winning Book Radio Show, Off the Shelf. We are in the last Saturday of September 2018. Uh, Already here in Georgia, I can see the weather starting to change. I'm sure in different parts of the country and the world even, you might be seeing those 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 weather changes wherever you are. But thank you again for joining us. We have an insightful and talented author on deck for you this morning, and he is a prolific writer. If you have an interest in ghostwriting, you came to the right place today because we have an expert ghostwriter who can share some advice and tips with you, as well as we're going to talk about some books that he's written on today's show. But before we go in and introduce this phenomenal guest to you this morning, I have to ask you, how good of a mystery sleuth are you? Are you one of those people who can figure out who done it before the writer reveals it to you, whether you're watching a movie, a TV show, or you are reading a book. If you love figuring out mysteries, and I'm telling you that's one of the reasons why I like them, I like to figure out what happened, who did it, how was it done, what was the motive before it is revealed. That's one reason why you would love Love Pour Over Me. But another reason why you would love Love Pour Over Me is if you value relationships. And not everybody really does, but if you value relationships, not only an intimate relationship between a man and a woman, but also family relationships and relationships with friends because we all interact with each other and influence and change each other as if we're all sculptures changing clay. We all have impact on each other. There's a complicated father-son relationship in Love Pour Over Me. There's a soulmate relationship. And there are these five guy friends. They go on to have great careers. One goes on in the NFL. One is a a track and field. He's headed for the Olympics. But what happens to him on the way? And there's a murder mystery tucked in that involves these friends as well. If you like mystery and you value relationships, I really encourage you to go out and get a copy of Love Pour Over Me by Denise Turney. It's an e-book and print format. You can get it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Walmart. If you don't see it on the store shelves, just ask the clerk to order you a special copy of Love Pour Over Me by Denise Turney because it's carried by the largest book distributors in the world. And let me know how you enjoy Love Pour Over Me after you get your copy. 
And now let us go and meet our very special off-the-shelf guest. Our guest this morning is Rich Menser. I'm going to give you his website URL in a minute where you can go in and check out even more of his work as you listen to today's show. And his last name is spelled M-I-T-Z-E-R. Now, Rich is an author, and he's a ghostwriter, which the topic for today's show. Rich has worked with Crown, St. Martin's Press, Penguin, and other book publishers. Get this, you guys. He has written more than 80 books. And in addition to writing books, Rich has written for stand-up comics, and he's taught comedy writing classes. Television programs that he's written for include The Rosie O'Donnell Show and USA Up All Night. He has also written for radio stations WNBC and WYNY in New York. Now he's going down a business path, and business sites that Rich has written for include Entrepreneur, All Business, and MSN Money. In addition, if that wasn't enough, in addition to Rich Mentor's writing endeavors, he's the founder of Your Book, Your Way, a ghostwriting service that supports business, businesses, and individuals. And I encourage you to visit Rich Mentor right now online at HTTPS, you know the two forward slashes, yourbookyourway.net. So yourbookyourway.net spelled Exactly as it sounds, your book, your way, dot N-E-T. You can go over there now, enjoy his website, even as you listen to more of how he developed and became the ghostwriter he is today. Welcome to Off the Shelf, Rich. It's great to be here. Thank you. We are glad to have you. You are our first professional ghostwriter in 13 years of off the shelf. We've had movie producers, we've had directors, we've had actresses on the show, and of course writers and ed- editors and publicists and publishers. But you're the first professional ghostwriter who's been on our show, so we want to really get it, learn as much from you as we can. Now, the first few questions that I'm going to ask you, Rich, I ask every off the shelf guest because when we started out, our listeners said they wanted a little bit of backstory on the guest before we launched into the questions. So would you, to begin, would you please tell our off-the-shelf listeners where you grew up and what life was like for you growing up? Um, Sure. I grew up in Queens, New York, New York City, and uh, life was uh, fairly typical. We we, uh, moved a few times around Queens, and I... uh, did a lot of the typical things, you know, a young a young boy will do and played sports and uh just you know, enjoyed growing up in a in a pretty comfortable area with friends and family and all that. Nothing too nothing too elaborate, I guess, but uh but it it was a good it was a good time growing up here. Did you are you from a big family or are you an only child? Oh, um no, I well just a sister. Uh, my, myself and my sister. She's a little bit older than I am, and uh, she's also living, still living in New York. And uh, I have since moved outside of the city to Westchester. Um, so yeah, just uh, just the four of us. <laughs> and you're from a place, New York. I mean, I've worked in Manhattan. That is that is a that is a city unlike any other city. You hear all these different languages and the different cultures and the food and the 
the people foot traffic in New York is I have never been anywhere where there's so much foot traffic. <laughs> Get it toward Madison Square Garden or uh, or Grand Central Station. I mean, it just slows the people out. It's just a very vibrant, vibrant city. That's just something I would encourage anybody to visit New York who hasn't been there. Now, what did you dream of becoming, Rich, when you were a kid? Um, I was never really sure. I always, uh, I always liked, I liked writing, but I didn't really think I was going to be a writer for a long time. I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Uh, for a while, I thought of going into some type of media profession, maybe uh, selling ad time or doing something like that. But I really wasn't too sure until I got to college, and um, I met a couple other people who were writing, and I wrote for the for the newspaper at school, at the college, and um, I, I liked writing, and I, I thought for a while that I would uh, pursue television writing, so that was one of my first goals. Uh, I got there briefly with with a couple of shows that you mentioned, but uh, it was really, wasn't really until college that I had any idea what I, what I really wanted to do. Okay, so you, when you were a kid, you didn't say, oh, I want to be a fireman or I want to be a police officer <laughs> or a doctor or a lawyer. You always knew you were going to do something that involved writing. Um, I guess. When I was young, I really had no idea. As I got a little bit older, I, I gravitated towards writing a little bit. I wrote in high school and stuff, but I wasn't ever sure. Uh, college was when I kind of decided to take that route, um, but... Uh, as a kid, no, I, I kind of, I didn't really think that much about it. I was just uh, kind of growing up with my friends and stuff like that. And uh, um, a couple of, of my friends wanted to be lawyers, but I didn't really think I wanted to have to um, have to go to law school and everything. So that seemed a little bit uh, a little bit scary. So I decided to uh, I just let, let the decision come when it came, which was in uh, in college. You know what? I have to ask you this. So we're going back, and even now, I've heard I hear young people sometimes say their parents want them to take a, a particular path, and they're pushing really, really hard. And some start grooming their kids to go down a certain path, whether it's to be whether it's to work in Madison or law or whatever path they want their child to take. They start really young grooming them to go down that path, and then there's a lot of pressure on a child, especially if the kid is like, but I don't even really want want, to want to do this. When you talk creative arts, like writing in particular, this is a field that a lot of parents don't push their kids down because it's mm-hmm. not as um, stable, the income, if you, uh, you know, as a freelance writer, your income goes, it can be, you can be making a lot of money and then your income drops significantly and then go back up. So it's not a, it's not like where you know, Every week I'm gonna get two, three thousand dollars a week, or what, or a thousand, whatever your salary is. You don't have that comfort uh, in this field. Did your parents tell you in college? Uh, first, I would ask you what you majored in, and then did your parents tell you, "Well, Rich, that go another way. That's not a real safe income route." <laughs> Um, no, not really. I, I think they were supportive pretty much all the way with whatever I decided. Um, I, uh, I actually, also in college, I was also interested in psychology, so that was a possibility. 
But uh, no, nobody was really pushing me in any, any direction. I just kind of gravitated to this on my own, and they were—they were always been supportive. Um, so I—and and you're right, it is kind of a difficult challenge to always try to have work coming in. And I've been fortunate to pretty much always have work coming in. Uh, occasionally, it slows down, but it also picks up again. So it can be very, very different income-wise when you're freelancing. I, I, then I want to ask you, the, the ghostwriting, I, re, I used to read books by um, Love, um, Terry Bradshaw, his sense of humor comes through so well. And I would laugh out loud reading his like autobiographies. And then I later found out they were ghostwritten. And I said, whoever that ghostwriter was was just amazing because you would never know that that, was that, that other person was even anywhere. You could never. It, it was like Terry wrote the book himself. That, that is great ghostwriting to me. How did you, but before we get into your books as a ghostwriter and then that, that art and craft of just ghostwriting so that it does sound like this person actually wrote their own autobiography, before we go there, I want to ask you, how did you get started as a ghostwriter? Um, well, ghostwriting came along uh, after a while. I, I was writing. I was uh, originally a comedy writer, writing for stand-up comics and um, performing occasionally. And then I was writing for radio. And then I was writing my own books, uh, humor books and then serious books under my name for probably about 15 years before I ghosted my first book. And that came about primarily because an agent was looking for someone to ghostwrite a book. Um, and it turned out to be a very lucrative book. Um, it got The book got into a bidding war between two publishing houses, and so we were fortunate to make a lot of money. And I thought, well, this sounds like a great way to, to do well in, in writing. Um, and uh, that was about 13 years ago, and I was asked to ghost it. And um, from there, it was something that I decided it was a good way to, a good thing to do, and a good way to write because there are a lot of people out there who really, really want to write a book, but just never get around to it, or they're afraid to do it, or they don't have time to do it. So uh, I realized there was a whole niche that I never had thought of, um, and so I became a ghostwriter. As well as an author, I do but some of my you, own how, books. How yeah. did you? How? But did somebody approach you and ask you to write the book, or how did you even? How did? If you were to say that an off-the-shelf listener who wanted to get started in ghostwriting, how would they even find out about these types of jobs? Well, in my case, it was an agent who uh, asked me about writing this book for someone, um, and it could be agents that you that you work through. Um, you also just find out by looking around at different uh, different um, organizations, uh, writing organizations. You kind of put it out there that you do this and see who comes to you. Um, there aren't that many there aren't that many places that actually hire ghostwriters. Some publishing houses will do it. Uh, they'll they'll ask you to come in and write a book for someone. Um, sometimes, as I said, agents and. A lot of it is scouting around and trying to see who's out there in different professions looking for somebody to write a book for them. 
Okay, okay. You have to, like anything else, you have to, to look for it. And I can tell you as a writer myself, uh, both freelancing and novel writer, I've rarely come across ghostwriting gigs. So you, 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 got, you learned yours through your agent, and so anybody interested in it, it can be lucrative. You, I guess you just have to know where to look. But in most of the freelance writing uh, sites that list jobs, I don't see those those jobs there. But I wanted to ask you, is it best to ghostwrite for celebrities if you want to earn an attractive income? I mean, you got to write for a big name, and then that sells the books. So you say, um, I don't know, LeBron James writing his own autobiography, but you ghostwrote it. You're going to make a ton of money on that book sales. Is that the best right. way... You would, you would, for somebody looking to make a lot of money as a ghostwriter, would you say go with the big name celebrity? Uh, well, of course, it's always it's always beneficial to to find a big name out there if you can. Um, it's very hard to come up with big names because there's there aren't a, there aren't enough of them that sell books to uh, to be able to find a lot of big names uh, out there. But if you can, if you found a major a major athlete or a major celebrity at of some at some level, that's a great way to make money at it. Um, I really I really haven't written for major celebrities. I have written for Broadway producers and people who are very successful in business. Um, so I would I would say look for people who are successful. Definitely, you know, if you think somebody successful hasn't written a book, you might approach them. Uh, and this can be. Uh, an executive in some company, a business owner it doesn't doesn't have to be necessarily ah. a TV celebrity, but okay. I uh, I do think you know you look for people who are successful in their field. Okay. Do ghostwriters earn? Before we get into your books and then your your company, do ghostwriters earn? Uh, I'm looking out from the business side now for writers because a lot of writers, especially newbies and some seasoned, they don't understand contract. They fully enough that they could be taken advantage of. Do ghostwriters typically earn lower royalties than other book writers? Because you've got that split. The, you've got your publisher, your publicist. You've got your, of course, the bookstore is going to get their 50 55% cut. And then you have the celebrity or the person you ghostwrote the book for that's going to get paid, and then you're getting paid as a ghostwriter. Are the royalties typically lower um, well, I don't work through royalties. I think most ghostwriters don't work uh, with royalties at all, um, or very, very minimally. Um, I get a fee for ghostwriting for the book, and as, as do most ghostwriters. And if there is royalties, that's sort of tacked on at the end. That's sort of the gravy. Um, but I'll, I'll ask for a fee for, for ghostwriting for the project. So half money up front, half the money after, or maybe broken up into thirds but uh it's really just getting paid for your writing so it's it's more of a, a set fee um and then if they want if you want a ghostwriting royalty you can ask for it or they can give you that as well but um i very rarely depend on royalties and i think most ghostwriters are the same royalties are sort of wow. you know, next, next thing. oh yeah. my gosh and then to see a book go zooming up the charts Oh my goodness! Hey, you, well, that, hey, it, you know, but you—that's yeah. you the gamble sure you take. That, yeah, that's, that's kind yeah. of the gamble you take. But most 
most often books do even books that do well don't give don't pay that much in royalties um i do get some royalties off some of the books but i've always you know we we're always taught in ghostwriting get as much as you can in set fees so that if the book doesn't do well you're not depending on the sales you you have your money okay and that's smart how do you write we, I, I touched on this briefly. How do you write in another person's voice as a ghostwriter so that any reader just thinks, oh, like I did with Terry Bradshaw, I actually thought he wrote those books. You actually think this person wrote the book, the ghostwriter, is that good? How do you pull that off to switch that voice that that effectively? Well, I, I do it a lot through interviewing and taping people and uh, in some cases uh, I'll look at some of their writing and I can pick up on their style and how they like to talk and what they like to do and how they how they like to say things it usually takes a little bit of time I'm struggling with somebody right now with the first chapter to get his voice and we're trying to make sure I have his voice so that we move forward but it takes a little time to just adapt and adjust to their style and how they like to say things um and by taping it, you get a, an idea of how they talk about things, whether they're humorous, whether they take things very seriously. Some people are more academic, and they'll even say, I want it to be more academic. So you kind of feel that out as you meet the person and start working with them. And usually by the second or third chapter, you've got the voice down pretty pretty clearly, and you can go back and fix up those first couple chapters, and then you usually have it the way they would say it, the way they would talk or they would write. So uh, it takes a little bit of that. And uh, I have to be careful as a ghostwriter to keep it in their uh, in their mind, in their premise. Um, for example, if people are talking about something, I don't want to go off on my opinion. I want to make it their opinion. Mm. So it's important to kind of I, I, re- I gotta... refrain. <laughs> I have to hand it to you. Oh, my goodness. I, 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 so let me ask you this, and then I definitely want to get into your biz, your business, your book, your way. Do you have you ever like? Can you tell us about your first ghostwriting experience? What that was like, and what were some missteps that you learned, and they became great a great lesson uh, experience for you later. My, although at the time it might have been frustrating, and and that's the first question. But I also wanted to ask you this. Have you ever ghostwritten for somebody, or would you, whose views were totally, I mean, completely different from what you believe? Um, well, the first first question is the first ghostwriting experience um, was very lucrative, but the person I was working with was somewhat difficult to work with, and she had that reputation. In fact, when I did the proposal for the book, her husband uh, doubled my my fee. He gave me twice as much money, and I didn't know why at first. But I think he knew that she was going to be very, very difficult to work with. Um, And we so we went back and forth, but we managed to get chapters done. Um, And at some point, she kind of went off on her own a little bit and finished some chapters and sent them to the publishing house on her own. And they called me and said, "We can't use this. You gotta, you gotta do something. Help me, help us with this." So I did, and somehow it all got pulled together. But it was uh, kind of an exasperating experience, unfortunately. 
in the end it came out the book got done and and all was well and um but i still i knew from that experience that i did like the idea of ghostwriting um this just happened to be a difficult one to do but uh so that was that was a tough start um and uh um, would you ever what, what would was you your ever second write ghost ghost for somebody who uh, yeah, I, I I tried once, um, and I didn't really realize that the person I was writing for was not who I thought he was. Um, most of the time, you have to. It's it, it's kind of hard these days to write for somebody who you don't agree with. Um, I've done a couple blogs for people that I don't really agree with on things, but I would have a hard time writing a book of that nature. One person. He was doing sort of a novel, and I usually don't do nonfiction. But uh, excuse me, I only do nonfiction. I don't do fiction. Um, his story was sort of leaning into areas that I didn't agree with. Uh, there was some there were some shades of um, of racism in there and things like that. And I was trying to write around that and not go that route. But he wasn't happy with what I was doing, and I was basically not happy with what he had to say. So I just said, "I'm not doing this." Um, that was one example. Uh, I really have to. I really admire you. I, I in ghost writers, and that you can pull that off again. Getting in somebody else's voice, the story that uh, is, it's. I was told it was fictional. Sometimes I hear it's not. It was a TV show, the autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman, and she's. You, speaking in a recorder, and this guy wrote her story. But I don't. That would be tough. Somebody has totally viewed something completely different than you. You you might even find their views abrasive, and you're trying to go right in the in their voice, and, and and as though you really believe in something that you totally totally disagree with. Now we want to get start to go into your book your way. You have at your website, and again, I want to give our listeners. A Riches URL. It's yourbookyourway.net. Again, yourbookyourway.net. Now, this is something uh, you mentioned at your website that you can use, like a a, a book, whether it could be ghost written, um, to build as an individual, or you're an entrepreneur, or you want to get into the arts, or you're you have a business. But you, I wanted to ask you, how do books, Rich, help an individual or a business to build brand and market their services? Um, well, books are just a great way to kind of market yourself so that people learn about what you do and how your business or how your business runs or how you do things as an individual. Uh, they're kind of like a, a business card to a lot of for a lot of uh, people, they can hand out the book, and it's a nice way for other people to get to know who they are and what they're about. It's not like an ad, which is just kind of selling something. Instead, it's giving them more information. And uh, a lot of people like to talk about their businesses and talk about how they got started and, and what they do with a history of their business so that other people can kind of get to know them. I, I think nowadays... We we like to kind of know the people we're doing business with. It's not like you know these fast talking salesmen anymore. People like to get to know who they're working with and stuff. And a, a book is a good way to do that. You know, if you're a, if you're a psychologist, for example, and you've written a book, 
people will get to know more about you and about your theories and about what you have to say than if you're just advertising somewhere. So books draw people's attention. Uh, they're great if you're a public speaker because people want to know more and, and learn more from you. Uh, they're great for coaches, if, for somebody who's coaching. It gives people a, a, an insight into what they, they think and how they feel about things, so you get to know the coach. Uh, it really just lets people learn more about you and or about your company or your business. So it's a, it's a great learning tool, and uh, people like that. They like to know they like to know more if they're going to work with somebody. And so it, it helps businesses and, and individuals a lot in that regard. So as people, as you're saying, as they learn more about you, it builds trust. We know that people generally are a way to mm-hmm. build trust, and this is more toward the advertising. You just keep hearing this ad over and over and over, or you will just keep seeing it over and over and over, and it's, you just start to trust it. You, you, over years, even generationally, some people will only use Tide to wash their clothes. They've just seen it so much. They have so much trust in it. It's not that it's the best. It's just building that trust, and a book can do that. As a, as the, uh, you learn more about the person, and then you trust them, and then you trust the products and what whatnot that they uh, are, are and the services that they're offering. Now, why did you? Here, here you are. You've ghostwritten more than eighty. I mean, written your own books and ghostwritten more than eighty books. So before I ask you this question, how many books a year do you have like a target where you say to yourself, I'm going to write at least four or six books a year because 80 books is a lot of books. How, do you do you have a target that you every year you give yourself to hit? Um, not really, but I end up doing about four or five books a year usually. Some of them are small, but I, I will work on about four or five in the course of a year. Um, there's actually a few more than the, than the 80. There's a few that never got published because people who were going to self-publish never did, or they just for some reason they got lost on the vine. But um, but uh, I'll I'll try to write four or five books a year if I can. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh God! I'm sitting there, and you know what? A lot of novelists do that. That's how they keep their careers going. They're like every. No more than every three, four months, put a new book out and put another one out and put another one out and put another one out. So, I mean, writing and from that aspect, even with fiction, is has a big business component to it, to me. Uh, now, why did you create your book, Your Way? What made you decide I'm going to go out and launch this business? Well, I wanted to have uh, a place where people could find me online, and I thought uh, one of the things I wanted to express or you know put out there was that I'm not doing cookie-cutter books. I'm doing books that the people will like uh, because they'll be they'll be their you know your book your way is basically their book done the way they want it. Um, so I wanted to put that out there. It's uh, it's basically a way to just get people to find me and know what I do. Um, and uh, as as someone running that business, I I do have access to other people that can that help me. I do call in a proofreader or a copy editor or somebody when I need it. Um, so I just kind of wanted to have a place where people could find me and learn about what I do, and um, you know, have a place that they could go to and find someone they could trust to do their book. 
and do it the way they wanted it. So, okay. is there a uh, so? Do you, as a ghostwriter, I'm on your site, your book, your way, twenty five right. years uh, of of writing experience. Do you do you work with other writers? So let's say you get your book, your way takes off. Do, would you say I'm going to bring in five other writers? Uh, so if, if somebody wants to ghostwrite, they could could they reach out to you and say, do you have any books that I could work on? Or is this just a service where it's just you? Or do you foresee it where you're taking on other ghostwriters to to complete books? Um, well, at the moment, it's, I'm the one doing the writing. I do I do bring in other people for, as I say, like uh, copy editing and proofreading and other things that are needed to get a book done. So I will reach out to other people that I know that are in those professions. Um, I have had other writers come in sometimes when I get overloaded. Uh, or if it's a topic or something that I don't do, I can reach out to other writers that are in my, you know, frame of reference, people that I know that can come in and do a, a different type of project. For example, I do I do nonfiction. So if somebody's looking for a fiction writer, I do know some fiction writers, and I can contact them and say, you know, do you want to take on the project? So I, I can usually find somebody if that's, if that's necessary. Somebody recently was looking uh, for some help with poetry, which I've never worked on, so I told her I, might, I don't really know poets offhand, but I that I could see if I could help find somebody who can help you out or a coach or whatever she was looking for. So it's primarily me, but I do reach out when I need to. And uh, I've called in people occasionally when I have too much work and said, you know, can you work up with me on these projects? So it's a little of that, but uh, it's primarily you, my site. Yeah. Can you tell us what types of books you said – I know business, you said you really don't do fiction. What type of books do you write on? And then what are some other types of work that uh, that you that you wouldn't take on? Fiction, I know, is one of them. But for somebody who is looking for a ghostwriter, what are some of the types of books that you do take on? Um, I take on uh, business books, obviously. Uh, I take on um, – I like to do – books about the entertainment industry. Sometimes I've done books about, I, I did a book on Howard Stern. Uh, I did a book about The Great Gatsby. Um, I've done books on entertainment. I've done books for Broadway producers. I like that. Uh, I like writing about sports. I haven't had enough opportunity. I've done some sports books, but I'd like to do more. Um, I, I'm open to a lot of interesting stories. If people have a good story to tell, they want to talk about their story and their background. Um, I've done some motivational books for people. I just I did one recently that's just come out called Driven um, uh, by Manny Koshvin. And uh, so those are t- topics that I like. I mean, really, I'm open to almost anything. I stay away from uh, detailed medical books since uh, you really need to have a, a medical knowledge to do those. And I'm probably not the best person for deeply technical books because I'm not really a tech person. So those are the, probably the two areas I don't do very much in. But uh, business, the arts, sports, um, entertainment, uh, and, and personal stories, even memoirs, I will do. So that, those are the ones I do the most. And then uh, at your book, Your Way, what are some of the coaching uh 
and editorial services. Do you offer those? Like, let's say another book writer is looking for editorial support. Would you help them with that? Uh, and then, what's involved in that in your coaching programs? Um, well, coaching is, is something I, I do with uh, with authors who want to try to plow through a book themselves, and I try to help them along the way. Uh, you know, giving them. Uh, not assignments necessarily, but giving them uh, a time to do some work, and then I will look it over and give them ideas and try to kind of support them as they go. So uh, that's one thing I do. Um, a lot of the time, unfortunately, people disappear. They want coaching, and you coach them for a little while, and then they just you know can't find the time or something like that. But those that do, it's it's a, a good process for people who do want to do most of it themselves, and I try to help them and coach them along. As for editing, I do offer content editing and um, go through books for people and, you know, edit and tell them what I think and what I think they can do and stuff like that. I actually I enjoy that a lot. Um, I don't do too much line editing. That's like for commas and periods and things like that. Um, but I've done it. Uh, so I, I also do that on occasion. Um, so those are, those are basically the other services that I, that I do offer. I also help people with blogs. If they want to do blogs to market their book, I do blogs for people. So oh, uh, that's, that's the type of thing. Excuse now, me. with the blogging, do you also take on that search engine optimization piece of it? Um, no, I usually will ask somebody to do that. I, you know, I know people who do that and are more versed in that than I am. I, I can help them come up with keywords and I, ideas for it, and I'll help them come up with ways they can do their social media better, things like that. But the more technical end of it, I'll, I'll ask for somebody else to do. Now, you say this at your website, that it, that you don't really need a lot of, spend a lot of time for off-the-shelf listeners or people that they know that they'll share today's show about who, who may be interested in ghostwriting or want to write a book of their own. Uh, and we're talking about Rich with Rich Mentor, your book, Your Way. He's a, a ghostwriter with 80-plus books, 25 years of writing experiences. Experience, But you ta- you say it doesn't really take a lot of time to write a book. Who say you want to write a book in six months or a year? How is it possible, Rich, you know, with our busy life schedules? And you were just talking again, like with their coaching services, people start out with you, then they say, I don't have enough time, so they don't finish. How is it possible to write a book by investing as little as three hours a week in the writing process? What What are some of the uh, strategies or that you set up for people so they could write a book in, let's say, six months or a year with just just putting in three hours a week? Well, I'm I'm talking about it from the client's side. The uh, the person hiring me, it's only a few hours a week for them. Uh, for me, it's going to be more hours than that. But on their side, the person coming to a ghostwriter, thinking they ha they still have to do a lot. They don't have to do as much because I'm taking on all the heavy lift heavy lifting and doing the book and writing it. So it's more for the writers, more hours than that. But for the person who is hiring the writer, it's maybe three hours a week for interviews and reading the material through, things of that nature. So it's not that many hours for the client. It is more than that for the writer, so uh, for the ghostwriter, I should say. Um, I'm working, you know, several hours a week on each project, and um, 
So that that's meant really for the for the person hiring me. It's not a lot of hours for them. Um, and usually books take four, five, six months to write. Actually, I should say six to eight months to write. Um, although I do occasionally find somebody who goes on and on for ages. Uh, I actually once worked with a woman who wanted to write a book, and we were writing a book. Fortunately, I was on an hourly basis because she just went on and on and on and on and on for for ages. And I said to her once, do you ever think we're going to wrap this up? Do you have an idea of how to end it? And she just looked at me and said, she just looked at me and she said, I can't, haven't you seen by now? I really just love the process. So she just loved the idea of writing. She could have gone on forever. She moved at some point and uh, we kind of lost touch, but we were going to, we would have just kept writing and writing. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's a funny one. So somebody, if they want a ghostwriter, this is a, this is something for a lot of off-the-shelf listeners that you might want to think about. We have a business owners and entrepreneurs who tune into off-the-shelf. You can get exposure through ghostwriting, um, and you don't have to write the book, but you would just how. And then, Rich, for let's say somebody does want to contract with you or or as a ghost to ghostwrite a book, how do you like send them? Chapter by chapter, they review it. They say, no, change this, take this out, put this in. How does that work so that they stay they stay aware of the of what you've written throughout and how much leverage do they have to say, take that out, put this in? Or maybe they change their mind. They tell you, I want you to put this in, and they say, you know what, take it out later. How, how much so you don't end up going back and forth and back and forth? How does that work, and how much do you keep the person you're ghostwriting for involved in the process so they sign off on it, saying I agree with it or I don't agree with it? Uh, Yeah, I always want people to be involved in the process. So we do go back and forth, especially in the early parts of a book. The first chapter or two, it's a lot of back and forth because you have to get a feel for what the person wants to say and how they want to say it. And um, in the beginning... It's it's a lot of back and forth. Then it gets to be a little bit less as you go. But yes, I always I always want people to read the chapter through, and they'll come back and say, oh, maybe we should say this or that, or let's take this out, or I decided I don't want to say something. It, it does change. They do come back with feedback. Most of the time, we we try to limit the feedback as we go. We do a little bit here and a little bit there after each chapter, and then at the end, we do a a whole read through. They read through it and give me all their final changes and I'll go through it and and make those changes or in some cases I'll challenge them and say you sure you want to do this or you know I'll ask them this is something that you might not want to say and are you sure you want to say it and things like that we'll we'll go through it and I'll help them along uh they're the clients so they can they have the last say cuz they say it's their book and their way but I will go through each chapter and sometimes people start off and they're, they don't really realize what it's going to sound like. I, I, a gentleman once talked to me about himself for the first chapter. He talked about himself on the phone with me for about an hour and a half, and it was all about him. So the first chapter, obviously, I wrote was all about him. And then he contacted me uh, about a week later and said, I'm not crazy about the first chapter. It's too much about me. And I'm thinking, well, what in the world did you want me to write? You kept talking about yourself a lot for 90 minutes. 
So, you know, people will look at it sometimes and they get an idea that maybe that's not what they really want. So we went back and we changed it and we put in other things. So there's a kind of feeling out process in the beginning, but as you go, it gets smoother and you go back and forth and they get to say, oh, let's take this out, let's put this in, and, and I'll advise them or suggest what they could do. Um, so, you know, it, it is, they're, hand, they're hands-on all the way through. Have you ever seen or heard of anybody embellish anything or you think, you know, yeah, I don't know if that's true. And I'm thinking about a book that came out, and it, was, it wasn't it was ghostwritten as far as I know, but it came out on Oprah, and I want to say it was like a million pieces or tiny bit pieces, of, and the cover had like different colored dots on it. And they later found out the guy may have embellished some things, and it it was a, it was a national uproar. Have you ever ghostwritten a book? For somebody, and as you're writing it, you're like, I don't know, <laughs> this doesn't sound too believable. And do you ever yourself do a little fact checking, or you don't go down that road? You leave it totally with the person you're ghostwriting for, and you just trust that what they're telling you is is actual, is the is factual, and it's just something that actually happened. Um. I trust them to a degree. Sometimes I will look things up just to see if it makes any sense. Um, but most of the time I go with what they what they want or what they want to say. I will If it's something sounds a little bit out of the ordinary or a little bizarre, I might ask them about it and say, sure, this happened this way or, and things like that. Um, most people stick pretty much to, to reality. Um, it's not the worst thing if they embellish a little bit, uh, if it's, you know, within the realm of reality. But I try to stay back, you know, hold back unless it's something really, really weird or unless it's something I know is factually wrong. Um, if somebody's doing a book and they're quoting they're quoting facts and figures and things like that, I do, I do try to check that out. I do want to see that it makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, I also we- want to see one, one time – Somebody sent me a bunch some material, and, and uh, I was coaching him, and it was surprisingly, it was very well written for somebody who was just starting out and stuff. And so I was reading something, and I thought, hmm, this is interesting. He should probably add some more on it. So I looked up to see what he, what I could suggest he add. And when I found the pages uh, that I, you know, I found some material, it was exactly what he had written. So he had basically plagiarized the whole thing. So that oh, was my goodness. That was interesting because I'd never oh. taught anybody like that before. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Now, I have to ask you because you've written comedy as we're coming down to less than 15 minutes in a day's show. How do you switch gears, Rich? It's enough to be a ghostwriter to literally take on another person's voice where the reader doesn't even know the book was ghostwritten. They think this person, this athlete, actress, business person, they think, or maybe it's just their own grandparent or parent who's active in the community or something, and they had their book ghostwritten. They think the person wrote the book. That is uh, talent to me to be able to pull that off. But then you also have written comedy and business. So how do you switch gears and go from writing business articles and business books to writing comedy? Um, 
I ju- it's just uh, sitting down with the mindset of, of what you're going to write. You know, today I'm going to work on comedy, and I just get into that mindset. Um, unfortunately, I don't get to do that much humor these days. Most most things are more serious, and business books are more serious. Um, but I do like to write comedy, uh, and that can be difficult when you're writing a book. If you want to, people want to insert comedy or humor into it. I got to get the sense of humor of that person. Because I can think something's really funny, and they might not necessarily agree. So um, working comedy into books is challenging. Um, sometimes it's fun just to write with somebody who, with somebody who's looking for comedy. Or I used to write comedy material for stand-ups. That's fun on its own. Uh, and I, you know, I like to write uh, humor, and just don't have a lot of opportunities to do it. But, it, you know, to go from comedy or from one book to another, it's really just sitting down with a different mindset. And sometimes it's refreshing because you're not always focused on one project or one type of book. So sometimes I'm going from a business book to a, to a, a memoir, and it, it's, it's good to change, to switch gears. Uh, I like that. Uh, so. <laughs> at, at your book, Your Way, right now, what, what, what would you say would be like the – one or two categories of books that you would most like to take on as a ghostwriter, if you do have a preference right now? Right now, uh, I like to take on business books, um, especially from people starting their own businesses and small businesses and stuff like that. I like writing about business. Um, I like doing motivational books, um, and uh, I love to do uh, things in the entertainment field, in the arts and uh, sports and things, just the areas that I like, uh, you know, always like, more exciting to me. Um, but uh, as I say, I'll take on most most topics, you know, very few topics are things that I really wouldn't take on. Occasionally it's, occasionally it's something I have to do more research on, which is okay, but uh, every now and then I get, I'll get something that's just out of my wheelhouse, um, somebody looking for something real technical or medical history or something, and I'm just not, not as well-versed in that, not as comfortable. But most, most things, business have you, in particular, I'm happy with. Okay. Sorry, yeah. business. Have you ever written a novel, Rich? And if, if you haven't written a novel, do you think you would ever write one one day? Um, I probably wouldn't. I was never a big novel reader. I mean, you know, I read a lot of novels back in school and over the years, but um, my wife likes to read novels a lot. But I'm not a big novel reader, so I probably wouldn't be as comfortable doing it. Uh, I've never really thought about writing a novel. I have I have tried my hand at screenplays, but not novels. <laughs> and so it's a screenplay versus nonfiction... Well, that that to- that writing is completely. So you've done comedy, business writing, and you've tried your hand at screenplay. And these are like totally different uh, styles of 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 writing. Screenplay writing is you got to be very visual. You got to tell a big story in a short span of time with a, f- a few amount of words. That for stage and television, I'm told, is really really tough. Like major motion pictures, you have uh, several writers writing on that same, um, and I don't know how they do it. I I don't know how they do it, but those types of writing is difficult, like comedy writing. Uh, I forget the guy who was really good. He wrote for Richard Pryor, and he's written for TV shows. 
I see Paul Mooney. He was a a, a, a very good comedy writer. I think you have to just go into that mindset to be good at at, at doing those things. We talked about this a little early, and I, I definitely want to, uh, as we come cause coming to a close with today's show, I like to leave our off the shelf listeners with good tips and advice and things they can use and 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 be glad. Of course, they met Rich Mincer, your book, your way, but also things they can use to help themselves as they go in and pursue their dreams and their destiny and their passions. We touched on this a little earlier, but if you know of any resources that off-the-shelf listeners could tap into if they want to grow their business article or their nonfiction writing careers, I know there's like journalism jobs for freelancing and freelance writing jobs and media bistro, but are you aware of any others, particularly for somebody who wants to get involved again in ghostwriting? Um, ghostwriting, there, there aren't a lot of things. There is the Association of Ghostwriters, um, which you can look up online. Uh, there are places that occasionally you'll find some some stories or articles and things on ghostwriting, like um, Writer's Marketplace, Publishers Weekly. Uh, you can find articles on ghostwriting, uh, things like that. Um, you know, sometimes it's just best to... to um, Google ghostwriting articles or ghostwriting websites, and you'll find you'll find things here and there. It's not a subject, not a place that gets, excuse me, not a topic that gets a lot of uh, a lot written about it. But you can find stuff from from place to place. Um, there are writing organizations out there that may be able to be helpful. I belonged for many years. I belonged to ASJA, which is the Association of Journalists and Authors. And there were a number of ghostwriters uh, affiliated with that, and there were other organizations like that that you can look up. Um, so, you know, I would tell people to look for articles on ghostwriting and, um, you know, to, to just consider actually writing first and, you know, writing as for themselves. I, I was an author before I was a ghostwriter. Uh, then you can branch out because then you kind of have the feel for what it takes to write a book. So it's hard to jump into ghostwriting to start with. It's probably better to be writing on your own first so you just get a feel for finishing projects, whether it's articles or books or blogs. If you write a few of your own things, get them out there, then you can take on writing for somebody else because then you have a feel for the projects. Ah, good advice. So don't just jump into ghostwriting. Again, you're getting... Then you're t- you're getting involved, somebody else involved with your storytelling. If you've never written a book before, that's mm-hmm. good advice. It might it, you probably wouldn't want to start your first book with writing for someone else. Not that you couldn't, but maybe get a few books under your belt so you feel confident and you know what it takes to develop a book. Whether you're using outlines or sketches, you know, like with fiction, you do character sketches or how long it takes you generally to finish chapters or to finish a book, get some of that experience under you before you take on a client like Rich does at your book your way and start ghostwriting. If you weren't writing, Rich, what would you think you'd be doing right now? Uh, If I wasn't writing, I probably would have stuck with psychology. I I like that field a lot. 
Um, unfortunately, at the time that I was trying to get jobs in it, it was a real tough time economically, or, and so I just didn't find too many jobs that I was interested in. But I probably would have gone into psychology if I wasn't writing. Um, I I did uh, get my master's degree in, in in it and kind of was, was on that track as well. But I really liked writing a lot. I liked the freedom of writing when I wanted to and you know, kind of set your own hours and things like that. So I really liked the writing um, and, and went that way. But psychology probably would have okay. been my other profession. Now, can you share, again, as we come down, we got about three, four minutes left. Can you share a few steps that you you have taken that you found to be effective? Now, I don't even know if you have to do this. For your books, probably yes, but for ghostwriting books, this is on book marketing. And for ghostwriting books, maybe you don't have to do any marketing for the books. But can you share three to four steps that you found to be effective for your own books, not that you go the ones you didn't ghostwrite, to help get the word out about your books and your, the stories that you write? Um, marketing now is mostly online. Uh, back, in, back in the day when I started, before the Internet, it was uh, trying to get yourself in print, uh, let people learn about you and printed matter. Um, but now it's mostly getting online and going to places that you think readers will look at. Um, there are websites that, you know, like Goodreads, that are all about writing and about writers and get yourself known in there. Some places will take guest blogs. Some places uh, will let you advertise if you want. Um, so I marketed myself I marketed myself, and I market your book your way, mostly through the Internet, social media, uh, LinkedIn. Um, I'm not a big Facebook user, but lots of people are, so it's always good to talk about what you're writing and what you do on Facebook. Um, you know, social media is pretty much the way m- most people are marketing themselves now. Uh, you can do blogs. Um, I actually got, a, got an award from HubSpot um, for my blogs, so um, I do that. Oh, wow, congratulations. Yeah, That's thank you. Yeah, they, they named me one of the top 40 uh, ghostwriter blogs. <laughs> so I uh, I did that. Um, but, you know, those are, I guess, ways you promote most anything else. It's the same thing with uh, with a book. Or if you're working on a book, just promote it through the, uh, the web as much as you can or promote that you're a writer and, you know, let people know that you're out there. Also, join groups. Can you, I've joined some groups on uh, LinkedIn. Can you let our, our listeners know where they can find you? You said you were mentioning some of the social media apps like Goodreads and Facebook. Where can listeners find you, Rich, online as the social networks? Can you tell us some um, of the places where you are? Yeah, I, well, the, the main place they can find me, I mean, I am on LinkedIn, things like that. They can look me up on LinkedIn. But, um, the main thing to do is, is people find me through my website, which is yourbookyourway.net, as you mentioned. Um, that's that's the the place I'm most fa- found. People have Googled me as well. If you Google Rich Mincer, I will come up, uh, or Rich Mincer Writer, because there are other Rich Mincers. Um, but, yeah, you people can find me by Googling me or going to my website. And uh, where can people pick up copies of your books? Um, Amazon. They can well my books. If they look at Rich Mincer on Amazon, they'll get a lot of my books. And um, the others are just go, uh, ghost-written books. So you know, I've I've written books for other people, like Fueled, Fueled 
for uh, Fueled by Failure, uh, Jeremy Bloom, or, or Get Unstuck by uh, Jerry Janusta, things like that. They're all books that I've done, uh, a lot of books that I've done that are under other people's names, obviously. But they can look under my name to find my books. Okay. We have been delighted to have Rich Mincer, M-I-N-T-Z-E-R, here with us this morning. 25 years in the writing business, you guys. More than 80 books to his credit he's written for Crown, work with Crown, St. Martin's Press, Penguin, and other book publishers. He's also written for television. The Rosie O'Donnell Show, remember how popular that was, a top Top Show USA, Up All Night, and radio stations he's written for, WNBC and WYNY. You can find Rich Mincer, founder of Your Book, Your Way, online at Your Book, Your Way, and it's spelled exactly the way it sounds, .net. Again, that's Your Book, Your Way, .net. We want to thank Rich Mincer again for being here with us, and then it's kind of hard. I wasn't thinking when put down the quote from Charles Buxton that we kicked off the show with, you will never find time for anything. If you want time, you must make it. And this is something Rich Mentor can help you with. If you want to write a book, you can still write a book by contacting Your Book Your Way and having people with the kind of deep experience he has with book writing tell your story for you so you might not have the time but you can still find a way to get that book out if you connect with people like Rich Mincer at Your Book Your Way. Again, we want to thank Rich for being here with us, and I encourage you to visit him at his website. He does offer some coaching programs for writers and editorial services as well. And I want to thank each and every one of you, our listeners, for tuning in this Saturday, the last Saturday in September. I hope you make it an absolutely fabulous weekend, and remember, as I always tell you you are amazing you're incredible you are awesome go out and create a fabulous day for yourself see you back here next saturday 11 a.m eastern standard time rich i'll shoot you an email bye for now okay thank you